JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shadow Street Case File. It's going to be episode 41, Signal Blue. This episode here, we're going to take the last two statements of TAC officers who are on the outside. They're the ones that were putting in the CS gas, artillery simulators, and the flashbangs. Now, next episode, we will get cranking up with the uh, tech guys that actually went into the house. So it'll be pretty good. We got some good diagrams for this episode as well. Don't forget, folks, if you're enjoying the episodes, be sure and hit that subscribe button. Also, jump down in the description and Click on the link and visit my podcast, get you a copy of the book, the documentary, record my Facebook page, website, or follow me on Twitter. All that good stuff. All right, let's get into this episode. It's going to be the statement of Patrick Long relative to the hostage situation at 2239 Shannon. For the record, state your name. Patrick Elvin Long. Patrolman Long, are you aware this statement is being recorded? Yes, I am. State your duty assignment, car number on January 13, 1983. Tactical unit, car 529. Let's see, how hard was that? Sergeant Wheeler asked a simple question. Duty assignment, your car number. That should be at the beginning of every statement when you're interviewing a police officer. January 13, 1983, were you at a hostage situation at 2239 Shannon? Yes, I was. Did you eventually take part in the assault of the house at 2239 Shannon? Yes, I did. Folks, I don't know if you know this, no, no big thing, but... They've asked everybody this question, which is, is good. If you notice, some of the attack guys say no, because to them the assault is actually going into the house as opposed to just uh, popping gas in. So no big thing. I just, just noticed that the answer seemed to change depending on who the officer is. What was your assignment during the assault? My assignment was to supply tear gas and sound blast devices into the northeast side of the house while the, while the TAC team was getting ready to make entry. Now the sound blast devices, that's, that's probably going to be uh, the flashbangs, maybe the artillery simulators. Did you eventually do this? Yes, I did. Stay in detail everything that occurred during the assault of the house. As we were given the signal to proceed, set up on the house, that particular location, mine was the northeast side of the house, should say northeast window. I waited at that position until a signal blue was given to shoot five ferret rounds through the window, followed by a large gas grenade and a sound blast device, which I did right prior to the entry by the attack team. After I finished, that should be Attack team, I'm sure. Maybe he did mean attack team. After I finished that, I did take cover behind a car, which was in the driveway on the east side of the house. 
and waited until the TAC team secured the house. Did you ever enter the house at 2239 Shannon? Yes, I did. What was your purpose for entering the house? I was told by one of the TAC team leaders to come into the living room area and secure that room until the whole house could be secured, at which time I did enter the living room, which is on the north. Prior to securing the living room, was anyone brought from the house? Yes, the officer, which was dead at the time, was brought out by the TAC team and placed on the front sidewalk directly in front of the steps of the house. Do you know who brought the officer out? No, I don't. Did you later observe the officer? No, I didn't. When you entered the house in the living room area, did you go any further into the house? No, I stayed in the living room area. Did you ever see any other suspects inside the house? No, I didn't. What was the condition of the living room that you observed? The living room had a small amount of smoke coming from a cushion off the sofa, which had caught fire by one of the flash sound devices. I did step on the fire and extinguish it as best I could. There were sofas which were scattered around the room and pillows on the floor. One of the cushions or sofa parts were taken out in the front yard, which was on fire to keep the house from catching on fire. At any time during the assault of the house, did you ever fire any of your service weapons that were issued to you? No, I didn't. How many shots could you determine that came from inside the house? It was a large amount, probably between 50 and 75. Could you tell what type of weapons were being fired? 38s, M16s have about the same loudness. I think I heard a shot being fired also. And he says he thinks he heard a shot. I think he's referring to a shotgun is what that answer should have been. Do you know who was firing the weapons? No, I don't. Did you ever see anyone fire a weapon? No, I didn't. Is there anything else you would like to add to this statement? No, there isn't. This will conclude the statement of Patrolman Long. It's going to be the statement of Robert J. Shelton. Relative to the hostage situation at 2239 Shannon. For the record, state your name. Robert J. Shelton. Officer Shelton, are you aware this statement is being recorded? Yes, I am. On Thursday, January 13, 1983, were you on duty with the Memphis Police Department? Yes, I am. State your car number and assignment. Car 560, and I'm assigned to the tactical unit. Were you at 2239 Shannon on this date? Yes. What was your purpose for being at the Shannon address? We had a hostage situation where one Memphis police officer was being held hostage by one or more perpetrators in the house at 2239 Shannon. Were you eventually assigned to assault this house? Yes, I was assigned to the second assault team. Did you eventually assault the house? No, I didn't. State in detail everything that you did during the assault of the house. I was assigned three men. Our assignment, a secondary or backup assault team, was to lay down non-lethal weaponry, such as tear gas and artillery simulators, into the house as a diversion while the primary assault team went through the door on the initial assault in an attempt to get the officer out of the house and complete the mission. We took up the position. I myself took up the position behind a black Ford van 
which is located in the driveway just east of the perpetrator's house, and I was laying down cover, security cover, for my three officers or team leaders who were putting the tear gas into the house. At the time, the signal blue was given. Signal blue means gas. For the TAC unit people, my three team leaders, Patrolman Pat Long, Patrolman Eddie Bartlett, Patrolman Emmy Bibb started throwing gas and artillery simulators into the windows of the house as a diversionary tactic while the primary assault team went through the rear door located on the south side of the perpetrator's house. We placed our non-lethal weaponry into the house and as a, according to a pre-plan, we were to pull back to a staging area located in the house on the east side of the perpetrator's house and wait until the primary assault team called for further instructions. I was still positioned behind the left front wheel or the driver's side front wheel of the black van when I started seeing flashlights inside the house. I took this as an indication that our primary assault team had entered the house and was searching and securing the premises. This time I heard numerous gunshots. I was unable to determine whether they were what weapons or who they were coming from. At approximately three to four minutes elapsed, as best I can recollect, we heard a holler at the front door. From my position, I could see, looking south, see the whole east side of the perpetrator's house and also across the front, which is the north side of 2239 Shannon Street where the perpetrators were. This time I heard a shout from inside, holler, officers coming out. This time I provided security and I observed a TAC unit member. I believe there were two TAC unit members pull a body or person from the front door through the front door out on the sidewalk. This time they called for a medic. They turned and went back inside the house as best I can remember and recollect, looked like a police officer in a police uniform. Team leader K.K. McNair came back to the front of the house and asked for three officers to come in and provide security while they did a complete building search. I, at this time, proceeded up through the front yard at 2239 Shannon and around the body of what I thought at that time was Patrolman Hester. The subject was handcuffed with a pair of handcuffs, handcuffed from behind, was laying on his stomach with his head in a southerly direction or towards the front door of the Shannon address. I did not stop and take a good look at the subject, but in my opinion, it was Patrolman Hester. I then proceeded on into the inside of the house and took instructions from K.K. McNair, who was the primary assault team leader, to secure the kitchen area of the perpetrator's house. At this time, I did so and provided security until the house was searched and we were all pulled back out of the house. Which door did you enter the house from? I entered the house on Shannon Street, the perpetrator's house from the front door, which is located on the north side of the house. Thankfully, somebody finally asked the question. How many rooms did you go through to your position? I went through the living room, down the hallway, into the kitchen. When you entered the house to the kitchen, did you see any other suspects inside the house? No, I did not. 
Is the kitchen the furthest point you went inside the house? The kitchen is as far as I went. Was the house dark or light when you entered? It was dark. We used flashlights. During the assault of the house, did you ever fire any of your issued weapons? I did not. Did any of the members that were assigned to you at the front of the house for security ever fire any of their service weapons? Not to my knowledge. I talked to them afterwards, and the best I can remember, I don't think that any of them fired any of their weapons. Did you ever see any of the primary members of the assault team fire any of their weapons? No, I didn't. Was the shooting completely over when you entered the house? Yes. Could you tell what injuries, if any, the body that you saw lying on the sidewalk in front of the house that you presumed was Officer Hester had sustained? At first, when I looked, I was unsure whether it was a male black or a male white because the head of this body was almost black. Then when I looked at the hands being handcuffed behind his back, his hands were white or I could tell that it was a male white. With the intelligence gathering data that we had, I knew the patrolman Hester was the only male white inside, was supposed to be the only male white inside the house. Did this person appear to you to have a, on a police uniform? Yes, he did. Best I can remember, it was dark, but it did look like he had a police uniform. Approximately what time did you assault Correction. Approximately what time did the assault start? Approximately, it was ballpark figures, somewhere in the vicinity of 3 a.m. We were told earlier to get all of our equipment together and formulate a plan, but this was by correction. This was no means was to indicate that we would assault. Approximately how long did the assault take place? I'd say 30 minutes, probably stretching it talking about from the time the first tear gas round was fired until the house was completely searched and everybody was back out of the house, pulled back to the TAC unit. Could be less than that. Approximately how many shots do you think were fired? I have no idea. Several. Did it appear to you to be from different type weapons? Yes, it did. Could you determine in your own mind what type weapons that you might have heard fired? No, you could tell from the sound, the report of the gunfire, that there were different type weapons. Some of them would have a dull, sudden blast. Some of them would have a crack like a rifle. Did you ever hear what you thought might have been a pistol shot? That is what I would call a dull, sudden shot. You know, just a quick report. And you would get a couple or three successive shots of what sounded like a rifle. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this statement? No. This concludes this statement of Robert J. Shell. Okay, folks, what we're going to look at now are crime scene diagrams show you where each of the TAC officers were when they came into the house to secure a room. And this is Phil Singer. He had the Northwest bedroom. He said he stood at the doorway body close to him was um, had a head shot. That's going to be Lindbergh Sanders, who was in a sleeping bag. Bug said he had the rear of the house, didn't say exactly where. I've got him there at the steps in the meeting room just off the den, but now he could have been sitting in the den. 
But that's pretty close to where he would have been. He had Shelton. He went in the kitchen. Should recognize these diagrams if you've watched the crime scene. Either the uh, episode, episode number one, or if you've just watched the one that's uh, accompanied by music. Long had the living room. I know you recognize that picture with the X by the door. That's where Hester's body was laying. Bland had the northeast bedroom. That's where most of the damage was done to Officer Hester. He was there for most of the siege. They moved him into the front, wedged him up against the front door. As Lindbergh thought that Tacuna would come in the front door. They sent hell to the southwest bedroom. He discussed seeing bodies in one room and then one body in the room he was in. This crime scene drawing of the house that you're all very familiar with. This shows you where the six outside TAC officers were inside the house. You got Long in the living room, Bland in the northeast bedroom, Filsinger watching the northwest bedroom, Shelton in the kitchen, Hale's got the southwest bedroom, and Bugs watching the meeting room and the den. Now, if you look at the little red dots, you'll see a letter and a number designation. That's the letter and number designation given by the medical examiner when he first got there, because obviously they don't know who the bodies are. So that's how he identified them. He started with the body on the extreme southern end of the northwest bedroom, called that one A1, and then just went in order. And then, of course, the final one in the southwest bedroom got the final letter and number designation. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this episode here. Next episode, we will get into the assault team. That's six officers, so I don't know if we can get three in an episode or not, but... Two or three episodes at most will be done with the tacuous statements. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. And as always, I'll see you down the road.